Welcome to Man in the Making, Episode 8, with former monk and co-host Rajan Shankara. Thank you for joining me, Rajan. Thank you, Rokas. So, to begin, what does discipline really mean? Wow, what a good question. Um, what does discipline really mean? Discipline, to me, means restraint. So, the uh, ancients, the Stoics, uh, and, and philosophy itself would fall back on saying restraint of appetite or restraint of the appetites, which are um, our desires and proclivities towards things that aren't necessarily needs. So discipline would be moderation or temperance based around desires and things that aren't crucial to life without without discipline we we lack the um restraining qualities of of a normal mature human being okay um and i'll be quoting joko willing for this Uh, i liked what he said so it means disciplining your emotions to make good decisions having the discipline to control your ego so it doesn't get out of hand and control you it's about exactly is uh anything to add yeah yeah exactly i mean and and i was trying to replace you know in order to uh uh, verify with what i said see if it relates if you replace discipline with restraint you kind of get the same meaning right so if we can restrain emotion we can actually use logic and reason um, and, and, and some sort of objective uh, qualifier instead of our own subjective experience to resolve a situation. That, that's a lot of words uh, for saying um, the more we can control our emotions, the more level-headed we'll be and, and the more Things don't get out of control. When we use emotion, we lack discipline. We can't control ourselves. Um, we we uh, cease to be adults <laughs> and, we, and we regress into childhood. And that's something that is all too common. And uh, it's very unattractive, it's unappealing, and it's unprofessional. That does summarize quite well what Joker Willink mentions later on. I'll continue reading. If you have anything to add, feel free to stop me and say your thoughts on it. I'll ask you a question, Rokas. Now Do or you... after I read? <laughs> right now. Okay. Do you think, so sticking with discipline, which is a beautiful subject, um, do you think that's innate or natural or is that something that we learn that's a tough one right uh let me think about that it mm, it doesn't seem innate because looking at a large majority of people or even i'd say from personal experience um People usually seek comfort because 
comfort is safe. It's like nothing happens that challenges you. So you don't put yourself at risk of failure. It's just comfortable. And some people are satisfied living that way. Um, and for those, I would say, I guess it is innate then that. Um, what was the question again? How did you phrase it? Well, I think you, you, you did a pretty good job. Yeah, you did a pretty good job answering it. Like, is it, is it, is it learned or is it, or is it innate? And I think you're, you're spot on, right? Because it feels like a slant and it's something that let's say you would be handed on by the father, by the father figure, because through discipline is a way to become a leader, which is the father figure. Right. So if, if we use biology as an example, the spirit or the, the person inside the body, the spirit inside the body is geared towards survival, right? So we all have survival instincts and our instinctive mind is what keeps us safe and, and what keeps us living. So we'll only do just enough to survive and anything else could be potentially dangerous. So the challenge with discipline is it, it often feels like it's too dangerous and we aren't transcending the instinctive part of our mind. We're actually too much in identification with it. And thus, we live a safer lifestyle than we really need. So if we can learn discipline, not only in the form of, of restraining emotion, but uh, res restraining the desire to do that which is pleasurable, and if we can actually seek that which is uncomfortable and difficult, our, um, our defiance against the instinctive mind goes up. And so we learn more and more and more about our own uh, ability to transcend the instinctive mind. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Now, some people are kind of born with the ability to create kind of danger around them and, and not really do things that are easy. It seems that way, but you know, whether they actually learned early on, um, you know, from one singular example in their life that was powerful enough to change the course of it. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't think we, I don't think we can be born that way because we, we, you know, if it was uh, a few hundred years ago, we simply wouldn't have survived that long. Yeah. Unless we were taught by our tribes, um, as in more than a few hundred years ago, but going back even further, it could have been something that's taught to the younger <clears throat> children for them to learn to survive. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Would you say, okay, so is play as a child... A sort of discipline or comfort? Ah, that's a very good question because I think it would depend. I think um, play for, you know, with, well, playing a game has its rules. So any kind of, any kind of play that is accompanied by rules is going to come with some form of restraint or discipline unless one 
learns to break the rules and play unfairly, and then he'll be unpopular and has to learn the consequences of losing friends and allies. So play is, I think it's, uh, I think everything kind of starts out as play, but ends up, you know, being discipline and, and restraint if, if, if we can understand and, and kind of zoom out and see the bigger picture that there are rules we need to learn the rules first before we bend and break them. And I, I think a child does both as he's as he or she is is um, living out this the the play because it just changes. It, it, it play evolves and adapts as we get older, and the different they just turn into different games. So there's a whole study on that. There's a whole study on. Um, Jordan Peterson talks about it quite a bit with uh, he, he quotes uh, the work of uh, someone named uh, Jean Piaget, who uh, did a lot of child psychology and studied game theory and, and how children use games to formulate the world around them, something like that. Does that make sense to formulate yeah. the world around them and create identity? Yeah. Um, then going back to <clears throat> the quote by Joko Willink, it's about facing your fears. It takes discipline to face your fears so you can conquer them. Discipline means yeah. taking the hard road, the uphill road to do what's right for yourself and for other people. The easy path calls to us to be weak in that moment, to break down for that moment, to give to give in to the desire and short-term gratification. But the discipline right. not allowed that. Discipline calls for strength, fortitude, and will. It won't accept weakness. It won't tolerate another breakdown. Discipline can seem like it's your worst enemy, but the reality is discipline is your best friend. It will take care of you like nothing else can, and it will put you on that path, the path to strength and health and intelligence and happiness. But most importantly, it will put you on that path to freedom. Beautiful. Uh, any thoughts on anything to add to it? I can only agree. I mean, and in my own experience of making discipline a part of you making the, the the restraint a part of you and to uh attain equanimity in all situations is uh, a special thing that's hard to put into words once you find out that it's 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 the only thing that can really always be with you i mean everything else is outside of you everything else is temporary and and fleeting and and subject to change so that which emanates from within you is to be cultivated and that which emanates from within you is your ability to uh, restrain and, and create discipline and that's why he says discipline equals freedom i mean it's not, uh, and it's the difference between uh, liberty and freedom. Liberties are the opportunity to do, uh, and freedom is uh, 
sort of the the existence and or abiding of your own greatness, uh, your own confidence and, and well-being. So we all have liberties unless uh, we're in prison. And those are dictated by your surroundings. But freedom is dictated by no one else other than you. And it's, it's uh, without it we can be lost and and most people are when you say that most people are lost uh why would you say that is why did they not seek um the path to self-discipline so we have to be is there a lack of information not really but it's not because usually they would know that they need to do something and from doing so it will benefit them. But I think it's, it can be split up into two things. Um, I don't know if there's a lack of information. There's a lack of uh, sight. There's an inability to see. And uh, the, one of the two things would be identification. And, I, and, and as we see our lives, we have too much of a myopic vision, okay? So imagine a horse walking down the street with those blinders on its side so that it can't see from left to right and get startled and start running. We have these, we, these blinders on, and we can, we can only see so far in front of us. And it's, as Socrates says, our greatest weakness or ignorance is, is the ability to see into the future. And we identify with the uh, easiness, the, the simple nature of our path and, or a path that we can take. And like water, people seek the path of least resistance. So if, if we can transcend identity and identify that which is greater with that which is greater than simplicity, but with challenge, that's one way to get a hold of, of the realization or the information that difficult things make life more fulfilling and they make it last. Um, so the other aspect of, of that, so it's identification and, and then just ignorance and, and not knowing or uh, erroneous knowledge, thinking that we do know, but we actually don't. And, and I think y most young people are so um, hungry for knowledge of self that at every opportunity, they will assume that they have finished, that they've gained complete knowledge of themselves and there's nothing left to learn. It's a, it's, it's such a good feeling to think that, right. And, and, and to constantly be in a situation where you're, you're deficient or, or not yet finished evolving and lacking something that's tough, man. Like that's hard to constantly realize and wisdom, right? Like some of the greatest philosophical wisdom that can erupt out of a person is that they don't know anything. And that's why Socrates is so well known because he was 
lived his life by the saying and the philosophy of the, the wisest person, the greatest person that could be knows that they know nothing. And, and that's, there's, there's a type of, um, in that. And he's saying, if you're able to constantly realize that you're still learning, things could be your fault and you need to keep enduring. Like it doesn't end. Then you may have a chance of freedom, you know, then you may be free. And then Jocko takes it one step further and says discipline equals freedom you know and instead of we know not and it's that it's that freedom equation of of just discipline you know being the underlying foundation of like all of theology and philosophy that we know of it's it's this kind of um willful ignorance you know not cognitive dissonance but but a willful ignorance that says I'm an empty cup. I can be filled with information and um, I'm open to it because once we close ourselves off, right, we open ourselves up to nothing. And that is truly cognitive dissonance. That's just being closed off to anything new, uh, unknown or unexplored and uh, essentially um, you you might as well just be in a coma at that point, and so most people are in this living coma where they don't want to do anything too hard, they don't know that difficulty makes things better, and they don't understand the difference between liberty versus freedom. They think liberty is freedom. They think liberty is freedom. It's not. It's not. When you said. I won't phrase it exactly right. I don't remember exactly how you said it, but it was something along the lines of not wanting to admit you don't know everything when you're younger. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's, it's the opposite for me, though, and I'd like to know your perspective for this. But let's say when I found the characteristics of self-actualizing people by Abraham Maslow, it gave me something to work towards that um, that I agreed with how I should be and I knew I wasn't like that. So I wanted to be that way and it gave me something to focus on every day, a different thing. So I felt like I did want to change myself and I was fine with admitting that I didn't know everything. And that's rare. I mean, that's, that's rare. Like, good for you. That, that means you're on the path and you know you're on the path. And not everyone, you know, not everyone is like that. And, and you know that, right? Like, you know, not everyone wants to see their own weakness and try to fix it. They don't want to admit that they might be brainwashed by their own brain. Like, the fact that Maslow's uh, hierarchy uh, called out to you, the fact that something Jocko Willink like speaks to you means that you're empty enough to receive it. And so the moment that we start um, defending ourselves, defending what we've learned, defending ego, 
um, we haven't yet, you know, accepted uh, more knowledge. We haven't accepted that everything is our fault, and we haven't we haven't really begun to to change. So we have to kind of start from a blank state every single day, which is which is you know exhausting but it's hard work to be to be free like freedom doesn't just start and stop it's an ongoing battle and we have to keep working at it because something will try to take it away and in fact our own intelligence will try to take away our freedom and and replace it with with um uh you know know it all and comfort and then that's when we'll seek the 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 laziness or the the easy path and um to take on those principles of the hierarchy or of discipline or restraint and and and, you know attain the state of a philosopher and say well how can i how can i balance myself is uh the restructuring of our values that keeps they keep trying to set themselves like cement and every day we have to kind of break it back up or heat it up and melt it and then re reform ourselves and recalculate everything. And, and we do that in instantaneous data chunks throughout the day. And the people that get stuck in uh, identify and identify with that um, because they're, they have liberties, they, they also have freedom. If they get stuck in that way, they're just solid. They're, they're unable to uh, be reformed and their, their values don't change. And so the, the, the first thing that goes wrong, all of a sudden the world is going to end. And in, instead of, you know, restructuring their value system to say, well, I need to, I need to understand and redefine this as a, as a new situation and a new definition of how to move forward. Like, uh, Marcus Aurelius says, um, an obstacle in the way becomes the way. And being in that state of comfort and not wanting to improve yourself, does that arise negative emotions, like resentment as an example? And if so, why? Yeah, so that makes people bitter. Um, it, it makes people resent the nature of the world which is chaos and 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 then they start asking why me you know the situation happened why 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 and they they can't possibly imagine that they're a part of a chaotic system right you were saying if so then why yeah yeah why does it make you bitter and resentful yeah uh being in that state yeah, you cannot restructure your value system, right? Like there is it there they have a rule that in no way can the world do them harm or because they've worked so hard in no way can they fail. And, and that's actually uh, a misunderstanding of of the of the definition of the world and it's it's just false information. It's erroneous knowledge. It's it's one of the uh it's one of the clashes, as uh, an old monk would say uh, thousands of years ago. There's five types of poisons or that, that is afflicted to the soul. And 
um, you know, that which is considered divine is, is not restricted by the clashes or restricted by those poisons. And, and that's why we revere great leaders and role models throughout history, because they seem to be unaffected by or bound by, by any of these laws. And that's because they're constantly restructuring themselves to uh, always be fresh and, and, and always be open to change. And when you say being open to change, uh, going back to uh, people who, let's say, are in just seeking comfort, um, after long enough, does that become part of their identity? Yes, yes, absolutely. And then, you know, that's why in my own training, you you cannot you could not join the monastery after the age of twenty four. Oh, wow. You know, there's a there's a there's a fear of um, or a, there's a concern of an un, an untrained mind, a, a mind that is possibly uh, unable to go through the rigors of of uh, change and and remolding. So uh, people can get stuck that way. Yeah, and and then die that way essentially and and it happens all the time i mean it happens all the time every one of us uh has a parent or a a a, a parent of a parent uh example someone who is old enough stuck enough um and they will die with those beliefs and we can learn from that we can we can see that and know what not to do as long as we as long as we take in the philosophy that everything is our teacher and some teach us what not to do some teach us what to do and so everything that we experience on the path can be um, a catalyst for change even even that which we don't want to reflect so to continue uh, from Think and Grow Rich, there are 12 things written down that constitute real riches, one of which being complete self-discipline. And um, it is explained as the creation of any material wealth demands that one masters the necessary tools rather than being a cog within some grand industrial structure. Only through self-imposed and self-developed discipline can we escape the false security of disillusion. Furthermore, only through self-discipline can we achieve a wisdom that allows us to understand our fellow beings and the cosmic all in which we exist. Uh, what do you think of that? Well, I mean, it's amazing. And, and the things that come to my mind are, are, you know, how beautiful is it to, to take what we just have been talking about in the last episode and you know false security and that that's absolutely true and it feels it you know a lack of restraint and discipline may feel like everything is going right and that you finally found a path because everything is going right and it's easy and that's actually it's so rightly and aptly saying it's a false sense of security and it is and that's another reason why great authors, uh, for example, I was just writing uh, in another, uh, the latest version of my book, um, 
Robert Spear, uh, an author from a a lecturer from the 1900s, you know, basically said that you have to make your life harder. And it's like, why in the hell would you want to make your life harder? It's already hard enough. But he understood what that, what that quote is saying and that we don't want to get trapped in a false sense of security just because everything is easy. And that, that actually probably means you simply aren't doing anything worthy enough and you need to you need to actually set your goals higher, so things are harder. And uh, I think there's a famous quote I forgot by who uh, said it's not that man um, uh, sets a goal and then misses the mark. He actually um, sets too simple of, of a goal and then makes it every time. 